Tonight is the night of the 95th Academy Awards, and once again, one of us has seen all of the nominees. Mm-hmm. But who's down to win one of those famous golden statuettes? I'm Mike. And I'm Darren. And this is Popscorn. Welcome to Pop School the Fans Damn We review podcasting today. It's my favourite episode of the year. All the time. Don't get me wrong. I love the end of year shows. Yeah. I love listening to the wrestling wrap up because it sounds like the oh, ramblings oh, of a madman. Oh, oh, oh. But this is my ramblings of a madman. It is. You don't even know about this year's already got off to a hell of a start in wrestling. Because <laughs> okay, it started with somehow Palpatine return, which we could Yes. But don't worry, Brian Danielson had a 67-minute match on Sunday, <laughs> and it was glorious. Like, 67 an hour long, and it ended in a tie, and they had to do more of it. Oh, it's brilliant. But less on that, more on movies, Michael. Movies. I've seen many of them. <laughs> so uh, what's, the, what's the grand total this year? 54. Um, oh. I mean, that includes, yeah, it's less than previous years. That's not that, I'll say that's not that bad. Uh, it's two not... hours of pop, that's still a hundred hours, roughly speaking, of stuff you've seen. Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing I wanted to talk about, really, which is just, mm. I am so done with movies over two and a half hours. <laughs> so incredibly done. Let me just get, reel off this list for you. All Cards on the Western Front was two hours and 30. Uh-huh. Avatar was three hours and 10. <laughs> Elvis was 2040, even though I think it made good use that time. So was The Fablemans. So was Tar. Triangle of Sadness was two and a half hours on the dot. Blonde was two hours 45. Black Panther, two hours 40. Babylon, three hours 10. Tied for longest film nominated with Avatar. RRR was three hours. The Batman was five minutes short of that at two hours 55. Bardo, false chronicle of a handful of truths. Mm-hmm. Two hours and 40, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which was my favourite film from last year. Yeah, yeah, Just under that mark at two hours and 20. Right. And that is the only film I'm willing to forgive. Okay. I think we need to go back to making... If you can't make a decent narrative in 90 minutes, you don't deserve to be directing a movie that is over two and a half hours. That's fair. It commands so much goddamn I, time. I, yes, um, the, the existential crisis this man went through upon realising that at some point he has to watch Avatar <laughs> Way of the Water and the amount of... Put- was it actually the last thing you saw? No, it wasn't. I mean, it was the last major... The last thing, thing. I saw in cinemas before, yeah. Right. The, the rest I was able to do it on uh, <laughs> Video On Demand. And, and just to rub salt in the wound, uh-huh. because I left it so long, yes. there was a standee for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 outside of my screening for Avatar 2. Is it? Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether that was a don't worry, Guardian soon, this is yeah, your yeah, reward. Yeah. Or have a look at what you could have won. <laughs> and I can't, I can't tell which way that was swinging. Who knows? But basically, I'm here to facilitate conversation and to keep this thing moving along. <laughs> You're the I, compare. I am. I am the colour commentator of this situation. <laughs> so what we're going to do, the usual format, and we're going to stick to it, is we're going to rattle through some of the categories. Um, namely, we're going to look at best animated feature, uh, documentary feature. We're going to look at directing, all of the actor and actress roles, uh, awards categories even. Um, and we're going to give a what you think will win 
and what you want to win yes. for all of those categories. Then the big one, when we get to best picture, we're going to go from what you believe to be the least likely to win anything right the way up to the thing that you are packing to packing, packing. you are backing <laughs> to pick up the award come Sunday night. Sunday night. Sunday so night. This episode will go out on Sunday morning, possibly Saturday night. Um, we're obviously recording that a couple of days beforehand. But mm. Yes, I've seen everything. It's one of the first times that I've actually gotten pretty well i'll put it this way i've definitely seen all the winners because i've fucking seen everything right so like normally when we get to this point i haven't seen everything Mm. and this time i've done pretty well and Mm. i still left avatar very late was there anything that was like stupidly difficult to watch yes um i completely missed living at cinemas Mm. it it, it came to uk cinemas i want to say september Mm -hmm. i think and it's a small British movie, so obviously it was pitching at us as the kind of premiere audience, yeah, but yeah. then that went away very quickly mm. and had to rely on American video on demand oh. to get that thing seen, because I did not have that in contention for any awards. Right, okay. Because it's just... Do you, do you care about spoilers? No. It's the film where Bill Nye dies. So, oh. you know, like that's the story. Bill Nye dies. Right. Even film... Bill called, Nye die. Bill Nye die. <laughs> Bill die, the science Nye. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, so that was the hardest one to get a hold of. Some of the shorts were difficult, mm. but then the shorts always are difficult. Yeah. Um, but once again, hats off to the incredible Oscars, uh, Oscars Death Race community on Reddit. Mm. That's r slash Oscars Death Race, who once again be fan- been fantastic. There's been one large penis hero who has been running a, uh, a Google Drive link and has been adding movies that people can't get to. Ah. which is incredible and that this is my fourth year in a row doing this yes i would not be able to do it without that community so thanks to them good on them right let's get rocking and rolling first of all we're going to talk about the animated feature film the nominations are guillermo del toro's pinocchio marcel the shell with shoes on puss in boots the last wish the sea beast and turning red of all of those yep what do you want to win? Marcel. And i got to tell you now, if Guardians of the Galaxy doesn't pull through, mm. Marcel's my favourite movie of the year. Jesus. I right. love it. Like, you started with my absolute favourite thing I've seen this calendar year. For a shell? For a shell. With some shoes? Yes. Right. It is delightful. It is very quirky. Mm-hmm. It is wonderfully voice acted. It is fantastic stop motion. You're not dealing with Leica level. Right. But it is, it's detailed and it's cute. Mm-hmm. And it 100% sets out to sell, to tell a small scale story, as you'd expect for where the titular character is a one inch shell. Right. And I think the real strength lies in its ability to kind of tell a poignant coming of age story to uh-huh. something that isn't human. Which isn't difficult within animation itself, but is difficult when you're mixing animation in real life. Right. There, There is a complaint to be levied of, should any kind of live action footage be a part of an animated movie? Mm. My opinion is, is that if it is predominantly concerning an animated character... Yes. And isn't kind of like... You know, like the, the Yogi Bear shovelware years? Yes. Where it was just... Here's a live action cast and we've shoved a Hanna-Barbera property into it. Yeah. It's not that. Right. What Marcel does really well is its framing device is someone is making a documentary about Marcel the Shell. Right. 
and that really works because okay. it, it, it limits your time with the live action characters mm-hmm. but then gives you a reason as to why they would be popping in there's somebody behind the camera they're going to have to someone's going to have to set up the shots right and because marcel is a quite a naive character and one whose entire life has been literally within inside the same four walls which to him is a gigantic place but yes. obviously to somebody else is the airbnb they're having to stay in following a messy divorce right then you can have that kind of fish out of water just by opening the door. Uh-huh. And that character is always on screen. There right. are very few instances where Marcel is not on screen. Uh-huh. So you're always having to do stop motion work. There is a clear shot where you could argue this is no longer animation. Right. But you've still got to... There's a great... I don't know how they did it. They they did a, sh- a scene where Marcel goes out into the car mm-hmm. to go and... Uh, to, the, the plot is him trying to find his lost long, long lost family that disappeared one day. Right. And he goes out into the director's, who is actually the director of the movie as well, right. car. And you're having to animate not only Marcel on the, on the dashboard looking yeah. around... But you're also driving around a city, so they've done some... Jiggery-pokery. Jiggery-pokery to make Mm. that work. But my God, does it. Right, okay. So it's not only impressive on a technical level. Yes. It is a very, very heartfelt thing. There is... It it may skirt a little... When I say it's got the X-Men in Logan problem... Sorry, the Professor X in Logan problem. Oh, right, okay. There's an element in this that might just come close to the line of what you would be willing to watch right but because it is primarily a family movie yeah, you yeah. know there's there's no there's no cursing there's no really deep themes it's yeah, just yeah. there is a character who is coming towards the end of her life in the movie mm-hmm. i think that that kind of gives it the edge in right. going this is a movie that you could sit the kids in front of and not only they're going to enjoy it they're uh-huh. actually going to have a little bit of a experience through it as well right so just just for framing because I, I genuinely know nothing of this film mm-hmm is it a Lego movie situation where everything's animated with the occasional live action like slice or is it more akin to like who framed Roger Rabbit where it's a kind of it's largely um live action but there's animated parts to basically every shot yeah it leans more Roger Rabbit right so, okay so you're dealing with real world locations but you're dealing with uh stop motion characters right um and there's there's also like so insects appear as kind of like companion animals okay in the movie so they've had to kind of do some jiggery pokery with the insects as well right. so there's a lot more at play than just moving a couple of shells around okay um, especially come towards the end where you're going to be dealing with a lot more stop-motion characters in an entirely stop-motion sequence. Right, So okay. it, it's not it's by no means lazy. I think it took them seven years to produce this movie. Christ alive. In that time, the director, Dean Fleischer-Camp, got married to the voice actor who plays Marcel, Jenny Slate, and then divorced, and then still agreed to get the movie out together. So you're just going to just quietly slip it in there that Mona Lisa Saperstein plays the shell i don't know who jenny from slate parks is. and rec he, he really okay john ralphio's sister oh. he's jenny slate oh there you she go she also used to date chris evans so she's had a life she has had a life fair play and now she's the voice of the cutest shell in existence so there's that well that is a that is a character change from Mona lisa's apostine so i cannot recommend this film enough bang it it is so good so that's what you want to win yep what do you think will win? This is one of the few nylons of the night. Go on. It's Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I've heard so many good things about Puss in Boots The Last Wish. 
I think if that would have come out kind of like October to December time last yes. year, it genuinely would be within in with a shot. It's just too early. It, it, no, too, too late. late. Sorry. Yeah, 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 exactly. It, coming out in February has been this that movie's biggest drawback, which we're not here to review that one, and no. there'll be more about that. I might do like a review everything in one line on Twitter okay. or something. But I just want to say, Puss in Boots is far better than it has any right to be. That's what I've heard. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Here is, no a, here is a sequel to a Shrek spin-off. <laughs> a legacy sequel to a spin-off. Yep this good that it's like everyone's raving about it does not make the opening of that movie i think is better than shrek 2 in its entirety now calm the fuck down i mean i love shrek 2 (laughs) everyone loves shrek 2 that's a lot to that's a lot to put on i'm just just say quality wise right it is totally Uh, impressive it's on the sky store now to like rent and i'm like do i the the thing is you're getting a and I, I don't wish to disparage it, but you are getting a pretty bog standard animated movie, I'd say, 40% of the time. Right. And then 6% of the time, it is absolutely bonkers how good that film is. Well, hell yes, but we're not here to talk about that. We're not. Here comes Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Yes, the one of the two Pinocchios that we didn't watch calendar year 2022. No. <laughs> have seen this one now. Right, okay. no intention of seeing the other one. Fair enough. What I loved about this is that I think, I think it was in... I don't think he was in interview with Mark Camo, but I think Mark Camo kind of met Del Toro yeah, yeah. around the making of this movie, and he said, "So, what is what is your version of Pinocchio about?" Yes, and his response was, "It's about death." Oh, and by God, was he right? Like there, there is a focus on this story as as to why Geppetto made Pinocchio, mm-hmm. and that is very much the driving force of those characters' relationship. And not only is it about death and and kind of like how you recover from trauma mm-hmm. the trauma of losing a son yes. gaining a son that is not what you asked for mm-hmm. by some kind of magical fuckery it's it's a film that is weirdly also about fear and fascism and yeah exactly the face that you're put I, I don't know what it is with Guillermo del Toro and wanting to just like force fascist bad guys into movies but by god he's good at it because um, there's just a huge diatribe against Mussolini in this movie and it's one of the funniest bits in it as you do in a child animated film yeah. that's rail against well, this is it. Italian communism. I, I think that's the thing is that this is not a child's animated movie. Right. It is a it is a movie about death, fascism, and Italy <laughs> that it happens to be done in stop motion and happens to be Pinocchio <laughs> and happens to be Pinocchio. Okay. It is. It's genuinely better than I thought it was going to be. I think part of me thought. You know, did did we peak with Pan's Labyrinth? Because mm. you know, I didn't think that uh, much of we not peaked with Hellboy. Oh yeah, Hellboy slash Hellboy to the Golden Army. <laughs> but there we are. There we go. They're um, doing that again, apparently. Oh, they're, yeah, they're doing another one's coming. A third Hellboy. We've oh, it's got someone. Who did they say was going to be Hellboy? It, some dude I'd never heard of, to be honest with no, you. No, but he looked familiar. I was like, oh, he was in Schnur. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's not Guillermo del Toro in it, so it's fine. No. Um, okay, so it's it's. I looked at him for. Uh, I, Guillermo del Toro, outside of Hellboys, I've just never 
clicked. You did not click with Shape of Water, and that was the. Oh, last... I forgot he was Shape of Water. <laughs> that was the last. <laughs> that was the last time he won an Oscar. So oh, yeah. he got picked up nothing from Nightmare Alley. Um, no, which was last year. But that was no. That's not his passion project. Either. That's like the Mountains of Madness. Is I think he wants. Yeah, he wants to done. do um, a HP Lovecraft movie. Right, which would be great. And like the closest he's come is his Netflix series Cabinet Curiosities, which is kind mm-hmm. of like a Twilight Zone thing. Right. Okay. And that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But also, it is it is not directly Del Toro, whereas this no. is very much he is involved with this movie. There's a great documentary about the making of it, also on Netflix. So I can recommend you watch that as well. Okay, this is really good, and I hope that this is a kind of push to because the animation branch needs reform. Let's be real; it is the only category where um, you don't have to have seen all the movies to vote, and moreover, it shares. Um, it double duties with um, live action short movies. Right. So if you've made a live action short movie, you can vote on the an- feature animation, which doesn't seem right. Does okay. It? And and historically, it goes to a Disney or a Pixar because that's what the kids saw. Yeah, yeah. And because there's no obligation to host screenings or mm. to, you know, check that your voter have actually seen all the nominations. Yes. It tends to be the one they've taken the kids to. Ah. I hope this is the one that sparks the revolution. Okay. And to make it, you know, have a proper animation branch, you have to have seen all the nominees to have mm-hmm. voted. And hopefully then there's no pressure or, shall I say, laziness that just gives it to... So, in this example, would be turning red. Right. But I have no, I, I have no inclination that turning red's going to... Gonna, do anything tr- no it's not it, it's not going to trouble anything it's del toro's to lose fair enough sorry pixar get better um yeah genuinely. go back to being better yeah. it's probably a better way of saying that right documentary feature films up next the nominees are all that breathes all the beauty and the bloodshed fire of love a house made of splinters and whatever that word says naval navalny navalny Sweet. We should we should prep you before these. Really should. <laughs> um, what do you want to win? I would like Fire of Love to take this home. What's that about? That is about the uh, the chronicling of a life and love between two aspiring French volcanologists that ends in exactly the way you think it will. They go into the volcano together. Yes. What they schmiegel themselves off the thing. They don't schmiegel oh. themselves. Um, <laughs> Maybe I'm revealing the end of the movie before we've discussed it, but Yee. there was a, a volcanic eruption in Japan. Uh-huh. They were trying to document it. They fucking died. So oh, they pompeyed themselves. They pompeyed themselves. Oh. It's the way they wanted to go. They actually say that in the movie. That's the way I want to go. And then an hour later, that's how they go. So there's that. Um, but now that I've ruined the end of the movie, I want to talk about how good this is put together. Okay. Because it turns out that, like... So I forget the name of the two people, which is re- I, th- I think the guy was called George. And his job as a documentary movie maker mm-hmm. was to kind of produce you know, documentaries about the natural world yeah, and yeah. kind of sell them to French TV networks. Right. But on the side, it'd be like, but I could bring some more volcanoes into it. And then as the field of vulc- volcanology starts to kind of evolve... Both erupt, him, you erupt if you might say. Both him and his wife start to get into like extreme study of volcanoes oh. there's a fantastic shot of one that is just like it's it's the poster 
It's the mm. poster picture, but it's a fantastic sequence. There's Swan just bubbling away with magma. It's kind of post-eruption, mm-hmm. but it's still fucking going. Yeah, yeah. And they're in like seventies, kind of like highly reflective. What you know, like you know what Homer wears in the nuclear power plant. Yes, it looks like that, but it's like bright silver. Okay, and the two of them walking hand in hand down this mountain. I'm like, fuck me, they had a life. They had some interesting experiences. Jesus. And it's kind of, because they're both French, it's kind of put together a little bit like a French art house movie, but also mm-hmm. at the same time, almost like a like a, like a eulogy for these two, because you get interviews interspliced with you know people they hung out with. Right. They say, they say like, yeah, they were just great. They, they loved each other and they loved volcanoes and everything was great. And because it's all made up of just like B-roll from their holidays, right. it's intensely personal. So that was the question I was going to ask. It's not something like they started this in like 2021 of just, you're an interesting couple. And then in the Chucked course in of the volcano, well, in the course of filming the, the documentary, they died at the end. This is a retrospective thing where it's like, we found out about these people. Let's make a documentary about what they did. Yeah. So it's right. It, it kind of chronicles their, their life and their marriage from the sixties to the early nineties. Right. Okay. Fair enough. So that, that kind of dated feel does help with the French aesthetics. There's a very husky voiced, uh, narrate throughout the whole thing. Picture it in my head. You can hear it. Yeah. Do we get footage of the smeagling slash pumping? You don't. Oh. I think it would have been a little bit bad to have, that. That you very much get footage of that volcano going off. Yeah. But from the camera of a guy, they said turn back, and uh, then you get to see him like as it's coming down. There's a cloud kind yeah. of coming over the horizon, and the camera's rolling. But he just like fucking picks the things up and chucks it in a van. Right. And the the study of that volcano that they did, the, the kind of the coder of this film, mm. which is really lovely. It kind of does go, they didn't actually die in vain because the study of that particular volcano that they just couldn't get away from in time saved the life of of around, I think it was like 15,000 people when another volcano in China erupted. Oh. It was on the same fault line. Right, okay. So it's it's a fucking good film. Fair enough, but you don't think it's going to win. No. What do you think will win? That will be Navalny. Again, Ah, pretty close to a Navalny. Navalny. (laughs) Navalny. Um, and there's a good reason for that. It is by far the most timely of the entrants because it is about Alexei Navalny, who is a opposition member and frequent critic of Vladimir Putin. Oh, is he the geezer who gets like arrested on planes? And that's the guy. Ah. In fact, that is the start and opening of uh, start and closing of this movie. Is he goes back to Russia after kind of like running away because he knew he was going to get killed? Yes. And then he's immediately arrested and sent to prison. Right. Which is where he currently is. Ah. So we won't be seeing him at the awards ceremony. Allegedly. Uh, Yeah. I mean, allegedly he's still there. Mm. We don't know. Right. I mean, let's be real. The he's a Putin antagonist in a gulag. I can't imagine <laughs> he's got lung as a life expectancy. Not but... particularly, All right. but I think that's why it will win, right? Because okay. it, this will be this has to be the impact that he that he leaves behind. Because whilst there is definitely anti-Putin sentiment in Russia, mm-hmm. and you get to see quite a lot of it in this movie, yes, it this won't. There's not going to be a happy ending to this story. No, unfortunately, and. That it makes it unique in this category that the story is not finished. You right, know what I mean? Okay. Normally, when you kind of you you know, fire a love goes from start to end. 
You see, yes. you you go through every part of that couple's life. Navalny's yeah, yeah. very much like we got up to this point, and then the motherfucker disappeared. I mean, to all intents and purposes, he also could have been chucked into a volcano. We don't so know. There is that. There is a distinct possibility. I Absolutely, don't think there's any volcanoes in Russia, but I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they can figure something out. It covers enough landmass. Surely you'd think there's one. Surely, right? One of the islands near Japan. Probably. There you go. Um, there is a, an astonishing sequence in this that I think is the thing that kind of like makes it a worthy winner. So Navalny gets wise that there was a plan to assassinate him because he survived the plan to assassinate ah, him. Right. He was, um, actually you, you, you'll know about these, the Novichok poisonings that happened in Salisbury. Oh yeah. yeah. Same shit happened to Navalny. Ah. With this though, they, cause, cause it's what, as soon as it attaches to the skin, it can spread out. They, the guy, so, Navalny and this team in Belgium, this mm. thing, he gets like an attorney in Belgium, like, we can find out who did it. It ain't going to be hard. Mm. They get these four dudes' phone numbers and they start ringing them to go like, oh, I'm a Russian official secretary under this particular general. You, you need to tell me what went wrong. And the first guy's just like, nope. Second guy's just like, nope. Third guy spills the entire plot. There is, it's an extended camera take of just the... Navalny's wife and the attorney guy yeah. losing their shit as like holding back themselves on camera whilst Navalny himself impersonating a Russian official gets the lowdown of what the plan was where where went wrong and how they think they're going to fare afterwards fudging fudgestons all so, right so like it's that's the way they found out about it was definitely assass- an assassination attempt yeah definitely you know cavorted by the Kremlin. Uh-huh. It's like they put Novichok in his underwear. Like they got his bag before he got on the plane, put Novichok oh. in his underwear. Uh-huh. He changed, had the attack. And because the plane diverted to land, because yeah. they were close to another airport, yeah. that's the only reason he's alive. Right. Okay. Th- they were hoping they got the timings wrong. Um. And they were hoping if they stayed in the air long enough, he'd die before they hit the Kremlin. Right. But they, the plane just goes like, nope, and turns right the fuck around. Oh. Imagine being killed from the dick outwards. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> imagine being imagine being the guy on an Oscar winning documentary movie hmm. where your voice, your name, your picture is on screen going, Yeah, we tried to kill this guy and yeah it was the Kremlin who did it and here's how we fucked it. You have not got a long time on the clock. <laughs> I don't think they can vote for this to win. <laughs> It's not like like any other film being picked is going to cause people to be killed, but mm. this this might. So that <laughs> I mean, it, I think it's hard. It's hard to say this out loud. Had Russia not invaded Ukraine, this probably wouldn't be winning. Right. Okay. But it's timely. Yes. Right. It's okay. Very timely. Let's hope no atrocities are committed in the name of the directing category. <laughs> um, so the nominees are mm-hmm. Martin Madonna for the Banshees of Inner Sherin. Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Stephen Speilberg for The <laughs> Fablemans. Todd Field for Ta'ar. There's, there's an apostrophe for some reason. <laughs> and Ruben Oshland for Triangle of Sadness. How is it that you purposefully got... You couldn't get Scheinert out, but perv- actually, no, I think it's Ursland, but whatever. Well, it, it had the umlauts, yeah. but I was not unsure you, how to tackle that. You were frigging close, so Sweet. that's good. Okay, um... Cool. What do you want to win? Um, I, I think we can kind of double barrel this. Oh, okay. Because the person I think is going to win is the person who's pretty much, I think, going to win it. Go on. 
and this this happened recently because they won the DGAs. Mm. The Daniels, Daniel Kwan, ah. Daniel Shinet, would have been my pick anyway because right. I absolutely adored everything everyone uh-huh. wants. And then they won DGA. It's right. like, and the I mean Spielberg doesn't necessarily need another Oscar. Has got, I think he's won two. He hasn't won one for a while, mind. Not ages. I want to say Lincoln was probably his last one. Yeah. I'm going to look that up. I think it might have been. So there was that. And then you look at, okay, Rupert Osland was a surprise. Most people were predicting uh, Edward Berger for uh, for All Quiet on the Western Front. Mm. Um, There could have been a number of different people that had taken that fifth spot. But Rupert Osland was a surprise uh, nominee, so not one that I expect to do very well. And then you've got Todd Field. Tar is a respected movie, but ultimately it's leading in other categories. It doesn't need to lead in directing. So that leaves us with the Daniels. I think if DJ had gone any other way, because DJ could have easily gone Spielberg. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves Spielberg. And since it didn't, and it is the Daniels, it will be their first win. It will be a win for A24. Yeah. You know, pumping out incredible indie movies. So Mm -hmm. really happy with that. And it, I think, <laughs> I think if if everything everywhere does as well as it's projected to do, yes, it's pretty close to a nail on at this point. Banging. Um, I feel like I've brought this up on the podcast before, but Spielberg hasn't won anything since Saving Private Ryan in 1999. Wow, he's on an almost hang on, that's more than a 20 year drought of Oscars. Jesus. So, uh, and it is a film about filmmaking, mm. which you yourself have coined of like that's the. The whole, that's a special source. That is the that holy grail of the Oscars. Get you a, an Oscar. But yep. I agree. I think, I, I mean, I haven't seen all these movies, so I'm not one to talk. But <laughs> Okay, if there's a silver medal contention for what you think might win, what could pip everything everywhere at once to the post? Uh, I mean, I'm tempted to say Spielberg, but like I say, I mean, he's Steven Spielberg. You kind of don't need it like no you're still steven spielberg i've never been able to get a definitive lock on what the perception of the fableman's actually is Mm. like it seems to be people like well no you have to respect it because it's spielberg doing spielberg so that it's a it's a film that you respect more so than necessarily like yeah i i I mean that's where i fall on it right i'll talk more about it when we do the rundown of 10 to 1 right but yeah some some nice decisions in there. Okay. And a very, a very poignant send-off at the end. Uh-huh. But nothing special in the grand scheme of Spielberg. Right, okay. I say nothing special. There's some interesting stuff in there. And I think, you know, like, it could trouble other things. It could trouble production design for, for a start. Mm-hmm. Um, had it been in cinematography, I think there's a very iconic shot, singular, Yes. that I think... If you'd showed anybody in the Academy just that still frame, they'd have gone, yep, that. Right. But it didn't get the cinematography nod, so it's not going to trouble in that. But one. Fair enough. Yeah, honestly, the narrative is there for everything everywhere. I think it's too far gone for it to be anything else. And you're going to hear that sentiment quite a lot. Fair enough. We are moving on to the acting roles, starting with actor in a supporting role. And the nominees are Brendan Gleeson for The Banshees of Inner Sharing, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway. Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans, Barry for The Banshees of Inishirin, and Kihu Kwan for Everything Everywhere, All at Once. Mm. Who you want to win? It's Kihu Kwan. It's got to be right. It's got to be. It's got to be right. It's the comeback of the goddamn century. <laughs> short round wins an Oscar. <laughs> short, round, short round wins an Oscar in the same room as Spielberg, who doesn't win an Oscar. <laughs> 
That's a hell of a fucking narrative. I mean, they're, they're really good friends still, but like... Good, but still. <laughs> My God. The narrative. <laughs> the narrative is absolutely... No, I'm not going to say that. I was about to say the narrative is absolutely why he's here. It isn't. It's because he's fucking great. Yes. It's because they they didn't get Jackie Chan because they wondered what Short Round was doing these all these years. Wait, did they actually want Jackie Chan to do this? Originally, because Michelle Yeoh said, pick Jackie Chan. I mean, yeah. Yeah. If, if you can get Jackie Chan, if get, you Jackie can get Chan. Jackie Chan, get Jackie Chan. And Michelle Yeoh was like, "I've got Jackie Chan's number. <laughs> Which, you could just ring Jackie Chan." And no, they were like, we don't know each Hold other. On, but what's Short Round doing? <laughs> what's Short Round up to these days? Short Round's been up to some shit though. Like he's been like stunt director on most of the X Men movies. It's a, right. It's it's such a weird story. This guy's had such a a weird like leveled career in yeah. that he's kind of like he had the big peak couldn't get any roles after the goonies did solid goddamn stunt work for years yeah and then all of a sudden gets pulled into a you know the second directorial feature for a not very high budget a24 movie uh-huh. and now he's staring down this is the biggest lock of the night Oh, so this is both who you want to win and what you think will win. Goddamn right. Son of a bitch. If, All right. Because oh, he's been cleaning up at other ones, right? He's every single one bar the BAFTAs. Ah. The, so we're talking Critics' Choice, SAG, Golden Globes, mm. everything. He's picked He's picked up everything everywhere. All? At once. At once. Well, who did the BAFTAs go for? That was for Barry. I didn't even know he was in Banshees of Inner Sheeran, so. Yeah, so like... Oh. It never gets old. It's never old. It's always fun. We've got the year that Florence gets nominated. <laughs> That's what we want. Right. Cast Florence as Catwoman in the next Batman movie. We yep. very we'll have all the same effects in one fucking movie. Boom. You're going to tune into the Oscars one year and it's going to be closer to like Looney Tunes than it is anything else. Put fucking, um, uh, oh, what is her name in the MCU? It's not. It's, it's, she is a Black Widow, I guess, but her name is... Yelena Belova? Yeah, but Yelena Belova in Eternals 2, and they're both there happy days. <laughs> We're so close to perfection, people. Come on. Um, right, well, okay, that that was less of a discussion than expected, so we'll instead go to actress in a leading role. Florence Pugh is not here, but who is here is Kate Blanchett in Ta'ar, Anna de Armas in Blonde, Andrea Riseborough? Mm. Into Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. I've just read the actress in a leading role. That's not what I meant to do. You meant I meant to... to do actress in a supporting role. Forget what you've said. Erase it from your mind. <laughs> Reset your mind. Uh, actress in a supporting role. The nominees are Angela Bassett for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Hong Chow for The Whale. Kerry Condon for The Banshees of Inishirin. Jamie Lee Curtis for Everywhere, Everything Everywhere All at Once. And Stephanie Husso? Sue. Soup for everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Who do you want to win? Um, it would be, once again, I love everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. And the narrative has been shifting um, over the past couple of days following a SAG upset. Okay. That Jamie Lee Curtis is now looking like a front runner to take this home. Mm. In my opinion, she's not the best person in that movie. Right. That would be Stephanie Hsu. Right. I mean, Michelle Yeoh, Kiki Kwan, like, unbeatable mm. but following that Stephanie Hsu which means I really love everybody that made up that family in that movie basically she has such a demanding role in this mm. not only has she got to be kind of like a, you know the, the outcast daughter stuck between two 
vastly different cultural identities. She's also got to be the nihilistic, omnicidal destroyer of the universe. And those two things you'd think would be closer than they are, but they absolutely show Stephanie Hsu's range. And mm. I, I knew she was a good actress because we, well, I've been keeping up with Mrs. Maisel this whole time. And she was, oh, yeah, she's in Mrs. Maisel. She's in Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, she's yeah. Joel's other girlfriend. Yes. Um, the one that actually stuck around and is going to be in the final yes. season. It's going to be great. God, she's got an age range she can play. My Fuck God. Me. Well done. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And this is a strong category this year. And mm. I think, I, I, in my heart of hearts, I know that Stephanie Hsu doesn't really have a chance. Right. And I think it's, it's that split duties thing again. Mm. I don't think we were expecting double nominees for everything everywhere. Right. It could have gone to a number of other people. So they're cannibalizing each other a little bit. N- well, I think Jamie Lee Curtis is entirely cab- cannibalizing Stephanie Hsu's chance. Right. Okay. Because um because Jamie Lee Curtis has been an absolute cheerleader for everything everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking right back in March of last year. Yeah, yeah. When it was absolutely, you know, kicking seven shades of shit out of Doctor Strange at the yes, box office percentage-wise. Um, was doing far better like, critically, yeah, yeah. monetarily. And that momentum has just been keeping up and keeping up. And Jamie Lee Curtis has been the person there. Mm. You know, before she'd even entered any race, before she was in any consideration, she yes. was like, you will put Michelle Yeoh on the ticket. Fair. And has been really going hard for it. Right. And that's when it turned because it stopped being a case of it's Angela Bassett to win or nobody. Ah, right. And started being, well, we like Jamie Lee Curtis. She's really got a passion for this movie. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, flip turn, reverse it. She wins at SAG, which no one was expecting. Mm -hmm. So now we're in a situation where I have to decide whether it's going to be... I mean, there was a small period where it was looking... It's an everybody in the whale was a nail on. Yeah. We're no longer in that position. Right. Then we were Angela... I mean, months. Like the second... Um, Black Panther 2 dropped it was Angela Bassett is the only thing that is worthy of an Oscar in this movie if nothing else Black Panther 2 will also be an Oscar nominated Mm -hmm. an Oscar winning movie and it will be Angela Bassett right up until last week and now things are muddy right so it's very very close I don't I like the Jamie Lee narrative right but was she realistically the most important to that particular movie's plot right no, she does mm. some fun stuff in it. She's got sausage hands for She's a bit. She's got sausage hands for a bit. Yes. She actually did some wire work and stunt mm. work. So fair play to her. It would feel like giving the award to somebody who's just well-liked as opposed to right. very good in the movie. So for that reason, I'm going to stick with Angela Bassett is going to win it. Right, okay. And I may come to regret that if by Sunday I see more cheerleading for Jamie Lee Curtis. But right. Yeah. I mean, you saw, like... It doesn't always necessarily go to the best actress. It goes to the person who does the most acting. Yes. And I think Angela Bassett very much walks that line very finely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between absolutely gut-wrenching, heartbreaking performance and yelling, yelling a lot. Yes. And there's a, there's a good amount of that in Black Panther and it goes back and forth. I think ultimately that's what's going to win it, though. We've some quieter scenes messed in there as well. It's not like this is all... You know, bravado all the time. There's quieter scenes in Black Panther that she does very well in as well. So I, I think what what will be the thing that affects the Academy votes is what's on the show reel. Ah, because right. if on the show reel, because the the clip I keep seeing mm. everywhere is the I am queen of the most powerful nation. I'm oh like, right, the UN speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like that's just big. Yeah, it's yeah, not it's, like it's, it's ah, yeah. listen to me because it's it's too early on in the movie for it to be complex. Mm. So. I don't know. 
depending on what clip has been put in front of the voters yes. last week, you might you might see something different. Fair enough. But I'm, I'm going to stick with Angela Bassett to win. I know she hasn't got a chance, but Stephanie Hsu deserves an award. Lovely. So I accidentally just said all the actresses in the league as well, <laughs> so let's do that again. Kate Blanchett to R. Anna Darmus, Blonde. Andrea Riseborough for two Leslie, Michelle Williams, the Fabermans, Michelle Yeoh, everywhere, everything everywhere, all at once. This is the ugliest category of the year. This has been a dogfight. I'm not oh, going to lie okay. to you. Sorry, I thought you meant aesthetically. I was no, like, no, no. I meant to harvest in this. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare you? Um, okay. Uh, yeah, this, I don't see a front runner necessarily. That's because there isn't one. Ooh, okay. So who do you want to win? I would like Michelle Yeoh to take it home mm-hmm. because... I love everything everywhere all at once. Hey, that, that's coming across. It, could you tell? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I think when it comes to movies that deal with generational trauma, we often focus on the person who's at the receiving end of that. Mm-hmm. You actually got a lot of that in a lot of movies this year. I mean, we discussed the animated movies, The so Turning Red. is 100% from the child's perspective. Mm-hmm. I think what what's so interesting about Michelle Yeoh's performance is that it, it challenges the character straight on. It's not the character does have to go on a journey mm. that she has, you know, refuses the call of to begin with and then is forced to go on. But the narrative throughout is, here's all the ways you've been a sucky, sucky parent. Yes. And that's incredibly challenging. Mm. And I think Michelle Yeoh does a lot to deal with that. She uses the range she's got to not only make it just kind of like, not a character assassination, but more critical of her character in in the sense of... I don't know. It's she's got other things to deal with, and in the movies, the movie that is presented not only as you know homicidal maniacs from alternate dimensions, mm-hmm. but has prioritized the financial independence of both her and her husband over the well-being of her daughter and the recognition of her lifestyle. Yeah. So there's some interesting parallels going on there, and I, and the way that Michelle Yeoh has approached it is entirely commendable because mm-hmm. I fully believed it. And I also fully believed that she was in the right because that is the performance she gives. No, no, no. I knew what I was doing, even mm-hmm. though I'm overwhelmed with all these decisions and the inevitable language barrier that comes with that character. Yes. I'm still doing the right thing until you come to the realization of, of just how bad it can be, mm-hmm. you know, as as the Jobu Tapaki character kind of unravels. In this universe, you fucked up in this way. In that universe, you fucked up in this way. But yep. it all came down to you. And yes. you're the worst one. And it was just and it's like the least fantastical version. And it was that idea of like, yeah, you're the you're the worst one. Yeah. Like, mm, gut punch. It's a hell very of a well lot. Developed. So I feel like she's got a very good chance, but you don't think she's the front runner necessarily. Uh, he's so close. Right. And let, dead heat. Can we also just talk about the other things? Because this has been a hell of a fight. Uh-huh. To start off. I think we need to have a small discussion about Angela Riseborough's inclusion. Yeah, I, I don't know who that is. Um, there's a good reason why you don't know who that is, because this movie did like it did the bare minimum it needed to do to get into the Oscars. Right. I think it made 12K at the box office. Oh, okay. It's a movie nobody has seen. Ah. And yet, here we are. Here's what happened. Oh. Angela Riseborough is friends with a lot of influential actors, most ah. notably Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, it's a goop job. All it's right. a goop job. So Gwyneth Paltrow and a bunch of other people, um, kind of like high-profile A-list actors, held private screenings of this movie at their homes. It probably helps then that Angela Riseborough's husband, who's the 
I think she's the director of the movie, is also very much in with Gwyneth Paltrow and mm-hmm. her mates, as are the producers. Now, I, I've been the first person to say it in that sometimes the Oscars just pick some absolutely nepotistic choices or choices that do not connect to general audiences whatsoever mm-hmm. or don't recognise, you know, true achievements in movies that may not necessarily look like an Oscar movie. Yeah. Up until Black Panther, the superhero genre was very much left out in the cold. Sci-fi and fantasy have not been on the best picture docket since Lord of the Rings. Jesus, man. So it's it's a hell of a thing. I mean, it depends how you classify Shape of Water, but you get where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Like, proper sci-fi, proper fantasy very rarely get on the card. So things that general audiences connect with are not always there. Yet a movie that nobody has seen can get onto that shortlist because of the meddling of a few high profilers. Sorry, I had to figure out who she was. Yeah. Because like, she looks vaguely She was in familiar. Matilda. She was in Matilda. Yeah, she's she's the, the mom the in Matilda. Matilda. And she was in Death of Stalin. Was she Stalin's daughter? Oh, God, I don't remember who she played in Death of Hang Stalin. On, I've got it here, I've got it here, I've got it here. I remember Jason Isaacs in that. Uh, she was fucking... Svetlana Stalin, so I, that okay. must have been... Uh, uh Stalin's daughter. Alright. Is she any good in the movie? She's perfectly fine. But not like this. Not the the thing that I think is is the thing that breaks the Oscar trend, if you know what I mean. Right. And I also really question whether it is it is the Oh yeah. Yeah. She's that one. She's that one from the very start of the movie. Yes. Yeah. Stalin's sister, isn't it? Is it Stalin's sister? I don't Stalin's remember. Sister. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Regardless, the the Academy needs reform. We've always been talking about this. Are the people we want to reform it Gwyneth Paltrow and her billionaire mates? I don't think it is. I don't think they necessarily pick the best things, which is why, sure, let's have a movie that didn't make a lot of money and a lot of audiences didn't see because of the strength of the performance. But let's have that being suggested by people who work in the industry from all over the industry, yes. not just the actors and their mates. Mm. I know they're a big part of this. They're one of the biggest wings of the Academy, but that's not the reform doesn't start from the biggest section, no. right? So this has been very muddy. Let's also talk about Michelle Yeoh, who caused a little bit of a faux pas, and then the whole fucking thing erupted again oh, with the Andrew Rose um, in, in support of other people in the, in the category, she put up a post and... Unfortunately, worded post said, uh, Kate Blanchett has enough Oscars, basically. <laughs> it's like, huh, you're the one, you're the one behind her in this race. Keep your voice down, Mate, you silly moat. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So it is it's been an absolute cage match. But as I just right. said, it's still looking like Kate Blanchett. Okay. And that's ultimately where I land. I do think it's still gonna be Kate Blanchett. And she's good? She is good. Mm. I can't say I like Tar. I Tar. Tar. <laughs> yeah. I don't get the love for it. I think right. it's a movie that could have eased. I'm not kidding. There are more than one of these movies this year. They could have easily cut an hour out of the runtime. Ah, right. They okay. do not need to be this long. Right. Um, but it's a it's a relatively complex performance. I think it's a very interesting script that she's been handed that she mm. does a lot with. Ultimately, we haven't seen we haven't seen the cancel, cancel culture movie where the one being cancelled is the woman. Ah, yeah, okay. it's that's simplifying the matter. But right. ultimately, it is she's having to play a character that is spiraling, mm-hmm. following an abuse of power on her part. Right. So, very interesting character. 
very good performance, not necessarily just loud and shouty and smashy, mm-hmm. but genuinely quite complex in a movie I really didn't love. So, Fair enough. So I, I wouldn't be unhappy because mm. I like Kate Blanchett. I, I, I really don't want Tar to go home with any more awards than that, though. Right, it's, it's up for Best Picture as well, right? It's up for Best so Picture. So we'll talk about that in a second. I just realised all three of those categories have MCU actors in them. Yep. So that's great. What doesn't have any in is actor in a leading role. No. Segway. The nominees are Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inner Sharing, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living. Paul Mescal's the... He's the Irish dude, isn't he? The, yes, From he uh, whatever the fuck it was called. Everyone went mad for Good him. show. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. It's the actress from where the crawdads sing, and I can't remember what the fuck it's called. Yeah, I don't Normal know. people, I want to say. Is normal people? Something like that. Might be. Who do you want to win, and why is it Austin Butler for Elvis? <laughs> I I haven't actually decided who, who I want to win here. Interesting. Um... If you'd have asked me, if you'd have asked me, like, before I'd watched The Whale, mm. I think I would have been with you. I think okay. I would have said, yes. I would have said Austin Butler, and I think mm. he does deserve it. But he'd be, I mean, he'd, he'd be one of the youngest people to win that award. Oh, yeah. I think he's still, like, mid-twenties, right? He's not very old. Mm-hmm. My God, this guy's got a career ahead of him. And oh, then who, I... who in the MCU can he be? Because it's inevitable. <laughs> I've heard people say they want him to be Superman. I just don't think he has a Superman vibe. I don't him. see it. Uh, I could I see wish him I playing did. either Superman or Clark, so no. Yeah, I really wish I saw it, but I absolutely don't. Uh-uh. Um, but the other side of the fence, you've got Brendan Fraser. It's it's the comeback you're expecting. He found his way back to us. He did. I mean, it's a very big performance. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Hey. No, genuinely, it, in like an Angela Bassett way, it is a very, very big showy performance. And right. It absolutely shows what he is capable of. Uh-huh. So, I mean, there's that. I'm, I'm just scrolling through my notes to see if I've actually picked. The last thing I put is that I thought Brendan Fraser was going to win but I, I wanted Colin Farrell to win. Oh, okay. And I do like Colin Farrell. I think I'm 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 kind of reforming that in my head a little bit though. Right. I think cuz cuz there was a Brendan Fraser win mm. at the Sags, which was unexpected after Austin Butler has won the other stuff. Right, okay. Colin Farrell has also won an award as well. So this was a three-horse race. So Paul Mescal and Bill Nye are not in the contention. Disregard those. And I think Colin Farrell's also out of it as well. Right. I think it's Austin Butler Brendan Fraser. Okay. And I really liked The Whale, i got to mm. tell you. I mean, it's a Darren Aronofsky movie, so expect high-profile fucking religious representation. Yes. That's just his shtick. Mm-hmm. Every movie has got to be biblical. This is no exception. Right. And and I kind of already assumed Brendan Fraser was going to win. And then Austin Butler started winning a lot. Mm-hmm. But I want Brendan Fraser to win. I, I think that would be the comeback of the century. It would legitimise it. Mm-hmm. It's also very possible. But for the sake of uh, variety, I-, I will predict Austin Butler to pick it up. I mean, let's talk about Austin Butler very quickly first. We've already... Did we do a review of Elvis? I've definitely talked about Elvis, We've... whether it was an end-of-year thing or M- a standalone one. Might have been an end-of-year thing. God, we're getting bad at this. <laughs> I, I know. What we've done. Elvis is fucking fantastic oh yeah and he's the reason why yes so i get it dude had to become 
and, and that's the, that's something that gives you the edge if you play a real life person that is yes. of high regard and then cannot shake the accent whilst doing the press tour. Yeah, that's when you know you've gone in too deep. You yep. have some forty one this bitch. Got <laughs> a problem now. Oh man. So yeah, I think it would be totally deserved. He's playing somebody who also has a link to Hollywood as well because uh, of the movies he was in, so it makes a hell of a lot of sense. There is stuff in this movie about making movies. There certainly and special is. Source. Tingle the uh, the old testicles. Yes. Absolutely. But you can't write Brendan Fraser off, which is, again, why he's my pick, because that is a, such a good performance. Yeah. It is so complex. I think if anything's going to hold him back, it's the direction of the movie, which is not Brendan Fraser's fault. Right, okay. Because there are some choices right which i will have to discuss in the 10 to 1 ranking. yes um but it's none of the problems are his he's very heartfelt it's a very large performance in terms of presence in terms of emotion this will go on to be career defining years for both of these actors uh-huh. in a very very close race i think in terms of acting this is the closest race it's been so hard to call but that's where i'll go i'll go Head Austin, Host, uh, Head Austin Butler, mm-hmm. Hart Brendan Fraser. He could be Gambit. Brendan Fraser? No, Austin, yes. I was Brendan say. Fraser could be Gambit. <laughs> Austin I, Butler could be. Austin Butler could be Gambit. He's handsome enough to be Gambit. He I is. think, like, sweet boy Channing, I, I think maybe his time has come, mm. unless they really want a major star to whack in the X-Men that isn't necessarily playing Wolverine. I mean, he could be a variant. He could be a variant. Mm. I'd like he could do a gambit. I could be a gambit. I think the thing is because they're not going to make that X Men movie for a few years. So yeah, see, he's got time. You might get asking Butler just right at the exact time because Gambit's got to be slightly older. Yeah, he's got like late twenties, early thirties type of. Mm. Yeah, you don't even be too because Taylor Kitsch I think was a little too way too young. Maybe he didn't. He, he isn't young, but he looks young, mm. and it just came across like he was like this little annoying person that Wolverine has to just <laughs> one bomb with an elbow. So anyway, um, we can always get things back to him. Have you seen the excellent news? Oh, I have. The Punisher's back. He's back. Did you and see the other, playing? Did you see the other half of that news? Yeah, I know. Yeah, and did you see the interesting coda to that news? No. Kristen Ritter's back. Is she really? Yes. Jess- I hadn't seen that she's back as Jessica Jones. They've confirmed Jessica Jones. Well, they've confirmed. Deadline has reported right. that Jessica Jones will be in six episodes. Okay, if it's that or the Hollywood Reporter, that's basically reporting on news and not rumour. Yeah. Like, I love Deborah Ann Wall. Mm. Like, I can take the fucking Nelson dude, like, yep. and he's fine. But, like, he I. He was the ultimate baby. He was the ultimate baby. I love Deborah Ann Wall, and I am a bit sad that, he, that she's not coming back. Mm. But I got. Kingpin, Daredevil, and Punisher out of Netflix. Yep. That's all I needed. Yep. I didn't need the other ones. The fact you're also going to get Jessica Jones as well. A, a nice a nice little bit on the side as well. So yep. happy days. We yep. haven't got Iron Fist. It meant we've had to sacrifice Karen to it. But, ah, uh, well, Deborah Moore will be fine. She's in God of War now. Yep. She's fine. She's in um, God of War. Oh, yeah. She's in Ragnarok. She's, she's in Ragnarok. Um, she's uh, Freya. Mm. So happy days. So when they get around to doing that live action... She's an established actress. Let's go with that. Why not get her to do that? Do be, like, done... be weird watching her against Batista, but sure thing. <laughs> it's going to be Batista, isn't it? <laughs> They're not going to get your, your boy from Stargate in, so uh, yeah. uh, fair enough. Anyway, um, onwards. So is there any other category you want to talk about? I will talk about original song real quick in like a flash round. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, we could we could skim through some Oscar facts at this point. Go like. for it. Uh, so this is uh, the best year for Asian representation. I mean, 
Fucking right on. Dope. It's also weirdly the best year for Irish representation. Banshees of Inishir and he's Ban- shouldering Primarily them. Banshees, don't get yeah, me yeah. wrong. But also The Quiet Girl. It's the first Oscar, uh, um, Irish movie to be nominated um, right. that Oh, category. that was the one you were confused about being in the international category, but then it is largely in like Gaelic. Yeah, it's one of the last... Gaelic? I mean, I just said Irish, but uh, you know, you might be right. I, I, we didn't do that category, but let me tell you now, The Quiet Girl, which is the Irish movie, yes. is my heart pick for that category. Ah. It's obviously going to be all quiet, but fucking, uh, you know. It, 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 it's, it's nice that it's got a nod there. Yeah. It's also not the only time All Quiet on the Western Front, or at least a movie called All Quiet on the Western Front, has been nominated for Best Picture and has a chance of winning it. Right, okay. And it also did that in 19... Oh, God. Let me do it. 38, 37. Right. Um, it's a World War One movie, isn't it? Yeah, World War One. Right, okay, cool. Uh, all the best actor nominees are first-timers, so there's mm. that. So no matter who goes away with the award, whether it's Austin Butler or Brendan Frazier, yeah. it's their first time being nominated and the first time... One of them will get a, get a fucking perfect streak no matter what they do. It's Bill Nye's first nom? Yeah, can you believe it? Damn, all right. That guy's had... So, I mean, let's be real, it's no finish him ditto. No. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Um. <laughs> Apparently, a sequel is coming. Yeah. They've attached a director. Apparently, they've been they've burned through a few, so don't take it as like gospel. It's going to come out before the sequel game. Apparently, so happy days. Kate <laughs> uh, Blanchett is, um, I think she's she's got the record for most appearances in a Best Picture nominee. Mm. And like I said, I think she's already got three Oscars for herself already. Right. John Williams is nominated again. Of course he At 90 is. years old. He's the oldest nominee ever. Just, oh God, Spielberg just won't leave that man alone, will he? <laughs> no, no, he will not. Uh, Anna Diarmas is the first uh, nominee uh, of a Cuban descent. Ah. Um, it's a shame the movie's not great, but what can you do? Uh, what else have we got? I think that's kind of about it for the in for the really interesting stuff. Other than most of the movies are fuck long and they need to sort that out. Okay, let's quickly buzz through original song. Yeah, because um, this this is a hell of a, a, a list of things. Yeah, uh, applause from "Tell It Like a Woman," um, sang by Diane Warren. Jesus Christ! Hold my hand. Unfortunately, not by Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> um, it's Lady Gaga from Top Gun Maverick. Uh, "Lift Me Up," which was, I believe, the closing credit song on Black Panther: Wakanda Forever by Rihanna. Mm. Um, "Natu Natu." which I hope is about the Pokemon, um, from RRR. Uh, and This Is A Life, from Everything Everywhere All At Once, from a bunch of people. Yep. So what do you think's going to win? Um, I can answer this question in oh, one. Go on. Head and heart. Yeah. It's RRR. I mean... But, I mean, Natu is a hell of a Pokemon. If we can end the sequel, Zatu Zatu. I love it. I've shown you a bit you of the Natu Natu sequence. me Natu Natu. It is the flex on the white scene. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Fuck them whites. Fuck them whites. Um, yeah, what's also incredible is that um, we're going to have a live performance of that song as well. Oh, of course, yeah. So there's that. They've got Gaga and Rihanna playing at the Oscars. So they can't get Gaga because Gaga's filming Joker 2 right now. Ah, uh, folly a do. Folly a do. Right. Um, but yeah, Rihanna's going to be there. Right. Um, the Natu Natu guys are going to mm. be there, which is great. I hope Diane Warren isn't there. Oh. I'm just... She has a perfect record the last four years of being nominated entirely to get the fucking worst movie in the running. Like, I was writing up the, the the thing. I was like, what is it with Diane Warren being nominated and just bringing the worst films? Like, every single time. So, like, Breakthrough, Bag of Wank. 
Right. And then the, the one from last year was Four Good Days, which admittedly was the best of these four, right. but still an unmitigated piece of shit. Right. Tell It Like a Woman might be one of the worst offenders. Damn. All it right. is a fucking awful movie. And I, and then I sat there and I was like, well, we should reform the original song category and it has to be a song that plays in the action of the movie right. rather than a credit song. Yeah. And that wouldn't fucking fix the problem, would it? Because the song Applause plays in the sixth short in Tell It Like a Woman. Uh... I hated that film so goddamn much. Well, you're going to have to talk about it again. Oh, no. Because we're now on to the main event. It's time for Best Picture. So... Oh, 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 oh. Uh, uh, tell it like a woman is not. Oh, it's woman talking. Yes. Sorry, I got that the wrong way around. Right. On to best picture. Yes. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar: The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Ta'ar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women. Talking. Yes. Was Avatar up for any of the? It must have been up for all the technical awards. All right? the technical. Oh, what's got visual effects? That's a fun one. Uh, all on the Western Front, Avatar, Batman, Black Panther, Forever, and Top Gun Maverick. It Surely sucks. Top the... Gun's gonna win, right? I just want to say, right? Why the fuck did Top Gun not get a cinematography nod? You're joking me. I am not joking. Oh you. my god. That... Go and take a look. Yeah. Jeez. Empire of Light did. Yeah. I've heard that shit. It is absolutely garbage. <laughs> it's so bad. Good, good, good. Oh, um, it's not uh, been a good year. It's not been a good year. I mean, fair enough. Anyway, right. Best picture. Yes. We're going to go from what you think is the least likely to win yep. all the way up to the most likely to win. Yep. So what do you think is the bottom barrel not got a fucking snowball's chance in hell? Of winning an Oscar. Free Willy, but with blue people. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. <laughs> oh boy, have I been waiting for this. The anguish this man had. <laughs> he had to go watch a movie there. I went and watched it on my own free will. Because yep. I thought Avatar is perfectly fine and is very fascinating in how like disposable <laughs> that it is. That it is both the highest gross movie of all time and yet has left no cultural impact whatsoever <laughs> other than a pretty so-so rider fucking animal kingdom yeah which where at least the theming of that park makes sense and is probably the best thing to come out of avatar this is a fucking ghost poo isn't it it's just <laughs> it it has it just passes through you it leaves no effect it's it, a ghost jobby <laughs> <laughs> the trans <laughs> the transparent turn award goes to I was forced forced to watch this because of the I was I was I thought I could probably get away with not watching it because you don't normally pick a technical one to discuss. No. And and I thought I could get away with doing it. And then they got nominated for best fucking picture, which meant I had to. And I'm so disappointed. I'm more disappointed that I didn't really hate it. Right. Yeah. That it's just so... It's just there, in it? God, it's so fascinating in its banalness. Right. It's just, it makes no sense. It's apathy that it creates is stunning. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre to me. Uh-huh. I felt nothing. I mean, I, I genuinely thought, like, the first five minutes, I was like, this is going to be a fucking trash fire because yes. all problems started with a lion and then there was spider. Uh-huh. I'm like, who calls their fucking child spider? Uh-huh. At least the rest of them are aliens. Yes. And the spider plot is fucking awful. Yeah. It is the worst part of this movie. Yes. They've done somehow Palpatine returned. I mean, it works in 
the the universe yeah, yeah, yeah. of this movie. But I like, guess. but like, they've already spunked the main villain twice now. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, so what's next? And we're doing what is it like? We're now doing like jungle, water, fire. I'm assuming there'll be an ice one, and then Bowser's castle. Oh, at the end. Might, yes, that's the natural progression. That things, is yes. what the Avatar franchise will be, uh-huh. and they have to do. So they've done Pocahontas by way of Fern Gully. Yes, they've now done Free Willy by way of Fern Gully. Oh, they were real proud of their water effects, weren't My they? My God. And it's not even like... I had to... The annoying, the annoying thing, mm. I had to watch it in 3D. Yes. There were no other choices. <laughs> All of the showings were 3D. This is Good. a three-hour and ten-minute movie. Oh. I and we all... both wear glasses. It's all... not yeah. great. And you have to get those shitty clip-on ones. I know. And they're no good. And it just all the movies are too dark, and I get a fucking headache, mm. and I'm fucking sick of it. <laughs> 3D movies were fun. <laughs> were fun for a bit. And yeah. no, they're not. If you're going to do a 3D movie, make it less than two hours. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is, the big boom of why 3D movies did so well was Avatar. Mm. So I, I guess it kind of presumes that then it's fine for it to go on and be another three-hour one oh, that God. we're now going to get. With. I, I imagine increased frequency because we don't think we have another 10 years to wait for a sequel. No. So there's no. that. But, well, good. I'm glad you had to watch it. That's I, made my day. I've just got to say, mm. um, Scorsese said that the Marvel movies were nothing but theme park rides. Avatar Free Willy version mm. is the most theme park ride by way of a movie movie I've ever seen. Yeah. It is nothing but extended sequences that could easily be put in a 4D uh-huh. car thing. Like I said, visually, it's a very, very, very impressive technical exercise. Yeah, not taking that away from anybody, but I shouldn't be expected to care. But I, I don't know in what world you can think this is the height of picture making. Yeah. Outside of its technical aspect, what's it doing narratively, you know, character-wise, mm. etc., that means it gets to be one of the ten best movies of the year. Jake Sully has five kids. Name two of them. A spider. Not his kid. Oh. Uh, 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 I'm just going to make noises yep. in hopes that I'm close. Naktu <laughs> and Gungaga. <laughs> close? Gungaga. Gungaga. <laughs> Are you now picturing Lady Gaga as Jar Jar Binks? As I am. I mean, now I am. Gungaga. <laughs> <laughs> to... to... Before that, I was be like, "How hey, the fuck were you up today on Final Fantasy memes?" But sure, I don't, you think I know Final Fantasy memes? That's why when you said Gongaga, I was like, "Okay, cool." Um, <laughs> get me, mate. Get me, mate. Get me, Misa Poker. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a big goo buffy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now I want to see the Joker 2 version with the Jar Jar Binks as Harley Quinn there you go that's someone's fetish let's move on right what's number 9 um, oh god, I've closed the list. Hang on, bear with me. Silly Billy. It's the other movie that doesn't have a screenplay nomination. Uh huh. It's Elvis. Oh. Yeah, it doesn't have a screenplay nomination, which means it ain't fucking winning. Oh right, I forgot this is likelihood as opposed to what you like. Yeah. So, all so right, the in, the inside baseball of this. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. The, you you There's need an infinity gauntlet, right? Yeah, you absolutely need a screenplay nomination. Yes. You can be adapted or original. That's fine, but yes. that's space for ten films to get into. Uh-huh. Um. Best Picture. It is amazing to me that two of them that got through didn't have that. Right. So, I mean, Avatar is here because of all the technical branches. Uh-huh. I think it's the best thing that's sliced bread. Elvis is here because of Austin Butler. Right. And yeah, Tom uh, Hanks is good. Tom Hanks is good. But he didn't get supporting noms. He so. did not. And Baz Luhrmann did not get directing either. No. So, there you go. A directing thing certainly helps, but you absolutely need 
a screenplay nomination. Excuse me, a screenplay right. nomination, and they did not get that here. Fair enough. So that means they were automatically bottom of the pile, no ah. matter how good they were. And by God, is that a tale of two cities with Elvis and Avatar The Way of Water, <laughs> a movie that I surprisingly really liked, yes. not thinking not too much of it yeah, yeah. through the pre-release, and a movie that was middling, although I hated it. Yes, fair enough. Bit of a weird time. Disappointing, but you know he's got a steady, he's got a strong chance in the acting nomination. Yes. So I feel like they're going to get something good out of this movie that really could have gone the other way. So happy days. Absolutely. Eight. Eight will be Triangle of Sadness. Triangle of Sadness strategy. Yeah. <laughs> Please tell me that's the sequel. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I d- did not realise how much I was going to like precisely one third of this movie. Oh. The first third is not great. Right. The last third is middling at best. Uh-huh. The middle third, it's very... It, it's not art house, but it is very avant-garde. But right. my Christ, is it well done. Mm-hmm. as a and, and you know it's ruffled the right feathers yes. when people say, if you want to take the piss out of wealthy people, this is not the way to do it. Right, okay. Because, my God, it does. Oh. There is a fantastic... Everything on in Chapter 2, the yacht, mm-hmm. is fucking brilliant it's it's a slow steady decline into absolute carnage right it's all set on this yacht for the for mega billionaires mega rich people uh-huh. you've got uh your boy harry dickinson from uh the king's man oh yeah, yeah. the son yeah, yeah um he's there with his uh his girlfriend who's a model like a influencer mm. and is basically fobbed away into getting free tickets right they're having a lover's tiff which was the entire purpose of the first third uh-huh. and in and amongst them you've got like um a disabled wealthy german billionaire you've got a, a russian dude who is a russian capitalist which is quite funny right and leads to a fantastic like very drunken war of the words with the captain of the ship mm-hmm. bear in mind he's captaining a ship for the mega rich and he's a communist oh he's be- he's played by woody harrelson so that's okay. in like in the first in the only bit that he turns <clears throat> up for. And it is just such an interesting ride mm. from um all of the staff have to go down the water slide because the really rich lady says that we absolutely have to to I'm not joking extended vomited sequences to death metal whilst the ship gets invaded by pirates. Now that I'm going bored with. Yeah, it's such a good takedown of high society. Right. It it's like it's gross. It's uh-huh. very gross, but it it is so it, it's so kind of like it's very thorny. It's very attacking of the mega rich, which is fucking brilliant. Right. Unfortunately, uh-huh. it doesn't. It didn't get direct. No, it did get director. That was the big surprise. Right. No okay. one had it pegged for director, and then uh-huh. Ruben Ostlund got one for director. So that is like a point in its favor. Yes. But no acting nominations. None. Not even one technical. Right. It mm. really doesn't stand a chance, and also it's it's a it's a co-French production. French movies don't tend to do very well at the Oscars. Right. It's a shame because there's a golden part of this film, but the rest of it is middling, and it won't go very far. What makes it a triangle of sadness? So there's three parts of the story. Right. That's why you broke it down in thirds. I thought yeah. that was just a, a happy accident, but fair enough. Okay, I, that must be the missing piece of the Triforce. Yes. Is the, the Triforce of sadness. Um, there we are. Oh, if that's not in uh, a potential sequel to Twilight Princess. Right. God, that thing was so fucking emo core. It's got to have some yep. fucking triangle It was sadness. crawling in my yeah. 
<laughs> These wounds, they will not die. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that couldn't be a remix because we're doing very well for very appropriate remixes. That we are. We've that got we fucking Steezus Christ. <laughs> and we've just had Roxanne, but it's rocks. <laughs> no, we've had Lady Gaga as a Jar Jar Binks yep. and uh, whatever that just was. Anyway, uh, so that was number eight. What's number seven? Number seven for me. Now, it could be a toss-up. I think either of these two movies could go uh, back and forth oh, on this. A seven and a six. A seven and a uh, Yeah, but neither of them are winning. Okay. Right now, I've got Top Gun Maverick oh. in number seven. And be honest with you, it has fallen. It was originally way higher up. Hmm. But I think missing cinematography is a big one. How? I don't know. Fuck me, lad. Come on. Right. And it's now looking like it might not win sound. I think I've still got it predicted to win sound. Okay. But it it might not. It might go to All Quiet because there is a very big surge for All Quiet on the Western Front. Okay. My Christ, the BAFTA solidified that. Mm -hmm. Which now kind of like, they're very, in a way, they're very similar movies. Mm. Even though they are completely contrasting in tone yes but they are both big very visual effects heavy movies Mm -hmm. derived from very beloved source materials they are almost identical right um but because of those kind of like it doesn't have a director's nomination there are zero acting nominations and tom cruise very much could have been in that that running for lead actor Mm -hmm. um in fact if anything i i would not have said paul mescal would have got nominated for lead actor and i would have said tom cruise right if that was tom cruise this would be like priority two Ah, right. Super okay. high. But the Academy don't love Tom Cruise this year for some reason. Have they ever? I don't think Has they ever won have. won an Oscar? He's just, he's done incredible things for cinema. And I think the reason why Top Gun has been nominated for Best Picture this year, not only because of its technical achievements, is because it basically resurrected the box office post-Endgame. Right, okay. Let's be real. That thing was in cinemas for, like, longer than most people's relationships. Fair. It was ridiculously long-legged at the box office. And that's why it's here. I think there was a... I can't remember which award ceremony it was this year, but supposedly Spielberg and Cruz were in the room together and Spielberg came up to him and said, thank you for saving cinema. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it turns out we couldn't have put anything out if Top Gun didn't prove that people want to go and see films still. Oh, fair enough. And like, that's high praise. Thanks, Tom. Um... She's like, do you want to make me your muse again, Stephen? Like, no, no, I've got this old Irish dude. I like him now. That's who I want to be filming, not you. Your old news. That, hang on, who's the old Irish dude? The, the geezer who's in PFG and uh, oh, Mark Rylance. Yeah, Mark Rylance yeah, yeah. is his new muse. Yeah, he's in he moved on from Leo, who was in himself the move on from mm. uh, Tom Cruise. So fair enough. Um, he has been nominated twice for best actor for Born on the Fourth of July and Jerry Maguire. You've got a supporting actor nod for Magnolia, but he's never won anything at the Academy. Interesting. Awards, so. And again, that's a that's a 23-year drought until this came for Best Picture. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Maverick, but let's be real. Pete Maverick isn't exactly the deepest character. No. I don't think anyone could ever accuse him of that. So he's, he's, I... the, he's the guy who goes home and fucks the prom queen and then does it again 20 years later. And all the people in the Academy are nerds. They're not going to vote for that person, <laughs> are they? Come on now. Come on now. Okay, what's number six? Number six, and like I say, this could go back and forth. Top Gun it is women talking. I've just seen that Francis McDormand is in this, and that's, she, that, that's a. That's I mean, dangerous. That's always a good sign because she just seems to do. She seems to be tied to projects that do very well at the Oscars. So if you, oh right, I thought you meant like good films. No, <laughs> I was like, Whoa. I famously hated No Madeline. Yes, <laughs> and she she did that to me on the back of three billboards. 
which I will never forgive her for. No, fair enough. Well, how, how's this one by comparison? The, I'll be honest with you. I had no expectations because I had no idea what this movie was about. I mean, I could guess from the title. I mean, you you can guess <laughs> the the kind of the action yes. of what's going on yeah, here. Yeah. This is a fascinating movie oh. and one with absolutely devastating lines of dialogue. Right. So if you don't know what this is about, which you don't, mm. uh, it concerns... So it's based on a book um, which is a fictionalised retelling of something that happened, I think, in Bolivia, but they've redirected the action to America to uh, make it more palatable. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's set in uh, a very rural community of Mennonites, which, you know, they're all but Mormons. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, they're, they're super... Super duper religious. All the women have to have head coverings and Christ knows what. They've got capes. They fight Kirby occasionally. Yes. Right. Cool. Yeah. You, you know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I have to drop that word, don't I? So one of the men in the community uh-huh. gets found out for having raped somebody. Oh, okay. And goes to jail. What, what, what? I, I don't know. You just said, I'm going to have to drop that word. And I was like, oh, God, is he going to say the N word? No, like, no, no. That's why I started to back up. No, 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 no. I need to get out of here. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that it is very much a, a movie about women finding their independence mm-hmm. very, very quickly. It's set over a two-day span where the men have gone to the city mm. to work jobs to get bail to get the rapist out of jail. Right. Okay. I really wish that didn't rhyme. Uh. Um. So they very quickly have to learn democracy, oh. something they have never been able to participate in their entire lives. So when's this set? Um surprisingly late on i think it's like i want to say it's 2010 oh and then they had to deal with democracy well not in their their community fair enough so yeah they they have to very quickly take a vote do they do nothing Uh do they leave or do they stay and fight right and it comes down to a decision between stay and fight or fuck get the fuck out of there right and there are some absolutely barnstormingly good performances. There are some that I'm not particularly fond of. Jesse no. Buckley is getting, was getting a lot of attention, but I don't think her accent work is as strong as people like Claire Foy, who's fantastic in this movie. Jesse Buckley is Captain Bad Decision from Chernobyl, isn't she? That's the one. There we go. Captain right. okay. Bad Decision. Right. <laughs> so, so she's in it. She's great. Claire mm. Foy is my favourite of the cast by far. Uh-huh. She's so good. There is Runa Mari's in it as well, and she gets the best line in the movie. Right. Which is there's there's a there's a guy. The one male in the movie mm. is a uh, like a school teacher who teaches the boys. Yes. The girls don't get to go to school because the fucking Mennonites. Right, right. And he says, "I'm sorry for all that's happened." As comes some big revelation that I won't spoil comes out. Yeah, yeah. And she says, "One day I'd like to hear that from somebody who needs to say it." I'm like. Uh. Oh fuck! Oof. Absolutely devastating dialogue. Uh-huh. Like it is just, and it doesn't. It doesn't do that thing of just rah rah rah. Men are bad. Men are bad. Men are bad. Yeah, yeah. There isn't like a very long sequence in this movie of, um, at what point do they be, do they become evil? How, how, at what point have they absorbed enough of their father's behavior to be evil men? And at what point are they innocent boys? <laughs> and there is no right answer in that room. So you've said the meme now. It's going to make me laugh. Was a normal men. Innocent children. <laughs> We're just innocent, innocent men. men. <laughs> For fuck's sake. But yeah, no. I, I really can't recommend this one enough. I really was surprised and blown away just how timely it is, even with something that just feels so archaic. It says what needs to be said and definitely gives food for thought for not just women, but men in the audience as well. 
there is a lot to unpack with that film. If I if I had an hour, I don't think I could do it. Right. Definitely seek this one out, but it is not going to do very well here. Ah, well, right. We're into the top five. Um, so what is at number five? Number five is Tar, or Ta'ar, as Thank you've you. been doing Thank it. You. It's it's only here because of Kate Blanchett, in my opinion. Now, right. I, I think it's also been nominated for cinematography and something mm-hmm. else that I can't remember. Yes. The problem is is that it's not spectacular at those other things. Right. Is and, it about um, animals like woolly mammoths mm, and maybe saber-toothed tigers mm, falling into tar pits mm, and Kate Blanchett is digging them out? That would be fun. That would be nice. That would be cool. What's it actually about? It's actually about a composer, a famous composer, oh. and her downfall from grace. Due to her obsession with... Woolly mammoths in tar. <laughs> that Just trying be... to see how this fits in with the tar. Do you remember that year that... Or is she a gypsy <laughs> who needs to do some road work <laughs> and therefore needs a lot of tar? Tar. Tar. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, no. Ah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I know. Disappointing. The, the year that the film The Dig was in contention would have been the one for you because there was digging. My God. The hell yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I, I didn't connect with this film whatsoever. I think... I think it's interesting to do the cancel culture movie from the perspective of a female antagonist. Mm-hmm. Very bold decision, very good performance, just overly long, overly self-absorbed. And it feels like the action of this film, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're writing a story, you've got to write the most interesting or exciting part of a character's life. Yes. Or at least allude to it in a way that is, you know, conducive to the framing device. Yes. And this doesn't do that. But the last 45 minutes do. Ah. It's a two-hour, 40-minute movie. Right. And I'm not sure about the implication of the ending shot, because mm-hmm. um, it's supposed to be that her career goes to absolute shit. She loses her mm. job. She loses her relationships. Everything comes crumbling down. Uh, but she still gets to conduct orchestras in Singapore doing music for Monster Hunter video games. That's not the loss you think it Hang is. Hang on, like, specifically? <laughs> yeah. Like, the oh. e- the ending shot of the film, and I think it's supposed to be a look how far she's fallen thing. She's doing video games. Yeah, she's doing music for video games. The and lowest like, of the low. Yeah, like the, the like the screen. You remember when we went to go and see Legend of Zelda in concert? Yeah, It's that, but for what Monster Hunter. And the audience are all in Monster Hunter outfits. Ah. And the screens come down and start playing the intro from, I think it's Monster Hunter 4. Mm-hmm. Um... And that's meant to be the 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 ending to this parable of don't be a shitty person. Well, like, you two might have to do <laughs> concert film. You two might have to appeal to the fucking gamers. <laughs> Not just gamers, Monster Hunter fans for fuck's sake. All right, <laughs> gamers who paid a lot of money to be in that room to hear that music. We did pay a lot of money to go and watch the Zelda in concert. Fucking worth. Oh it. my god, it was good though, <laughs> weren't it? Oh boy, I'd love to see that again. I'd... The thing is, how are they going to do the Breath of the Wild bit? They're just going to get one bloke and a piano head. Do, 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 <laughs> just chuck a piano down the stairs. Because the best song from that game is the trailer song that is in none of the games. Yeah. <laughs> that and fucking, the E3, or was it like the Nintendo Direct trailer? It's the big fucking... It was at the fifth of the year where they just did nothing but show that game off. That. Yeah, that was all so the good music. Good. And then it is by far and away the weakest part of that game is just how bad the music is. <laughs> plinky plonky nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up until you get to Hyrule Castle. And it's oh, then it gets off. But like, <laughs> before that, it's nothing. Anyway, bit of a bit of a, oh, bit God, of a tangent. A tangent. Um, okay, so fuck to R. Um, <laughs> what's number four? Number four is the Banshees of Inner Shearing. Mm-hmm. 
and again, I I really liked this film up until the very very end. Right. I'm talking the last scene. I was okay. on board for what this film was doing. Have you seen this one? I have. Have I seen this? Have you seen in? any of these? Okay, well, Top Gun. You've seen. I've seen Avatar. Yep. I've seen Elvis. Yep. I've seen Everywhere, Everywhere, All at Once. Yep. I've seen Top Gun. Yep. I want to watch Fabians because I do intend to watch all Spielberg movies. Yes. Uh, it turns out I'm at a deficit with that, so I need to get going. Mm. And I do want to watch All Quiet on the Western Front. Mm. If it wins on Sunday, I think that will then become a higher priority. Right. Or at least it'll be easier to convince the wife to watch it. Right. Because it is otherwise a very long war movie. Yeah. And she's not into either of those concepts. Mm. So, there we are. Yeah. Um, sorry, I interrupted you about Banshees of Inishirin. Yeah, it's a good it's a good story. And I think the amount of nominees in acting and then a highly regarded screenplay mm-hmm. and a director nomination, that's what puts this right up here. Right, okay. Unfortunately, it, it hasn't been performing very well. Right. And... It's really only the BAFTAs where this has really started to shine. Obviously. Which you'd expect. Yeah, we yeah. tend to highlight British movies. Good job. Even though it's an Irish movie, but, you know, you can make that Close argument. Close enough. <laughs> I'm sure they appreciate me saying that. I'm sure they appreciate Rishi Sunak saying anything about it as well. <laughs> Oi, Rishi, pay <laughs> If I can reference Zack Sabre Jr., <laughs> then I will. You should. He's, he's very much gunning for a Brian Danielson match at some point oh, this year. Please, yes. God, give me that before he retires. <laughs> Oh, man. So, I really liked what this film was doing. So, personally for me, it's it's an interesting look at how small stakes can escalate. Mm-hmm. And without spoiling anything, so I do think you should watch it. Okay. There is escalation, and it is very unfounded. Right, okay. It is just, oh my god, that's where this film's going now. Because it, it tackles with the idea of legacy, mm. um, and, and what do we leave behind. Right. And it does so... On a really remote Scottish island that, you know, it, for the purpose of the movie is fictional, but otherwise could be. You could believe it's a real place because yeah, you've yeah. never fucking heard of it. Right. And that's very much the point of just how these remote people don't contribute to history. So it's Scottish island. Sorry, Irish island. Oh, I was going to say, that's a turn. I was going to uh, say, all the Irish people on that <laughs> Scottish island. Sorry, I don't know why I said that. Yeah, they're close enough. Um, <laughs> in the view of the Americans, they're practically interchangeable. I mean, they're both... As as is the Welsh, which I don't get, but there you go. They're descended from a Celtic tribe, the Scots, so it's basically the same thing. <laughs> to steal the Billy Connor joke, come on, lads, I know an even rainier place. <laughs> um, cool, okay, see, I, I, I don't know about that one because mm. I've just never clicked with in bruges which i feel like really? it's like i've, I've okay. tried twice to watch it it just didn't i couldn't vibe with that thing oh but it's on a very similar level to in bruges so maybe yeah. this isn't going to be for you fair enough it's not as outwardly funny as in bruges okay it is it, it there's it, there are definitely laughs to be had but it's more it lean it, to, to kind of use the the analogy of where does it sit in the world of comedy, it's not so much Father Ted as it is Peep Show. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. It's it's kind of like if that's the scale. Yeah, yeah. It's like there. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Anyway, we move into the top three. Yes. So still in the running for those keeping uh, score. Yes. It's all quiet on the Western Front. Yes. Uh, everything everywhere all at once. Yep. And the Fablemans. Yes. What is taking the bronze medal? You've just said it out loud. The Fablemans. Yes. I've just said all three out loud. <laughs> um, I'd be surprised if it wasn't one of those reasons. Okay, the Fablemans. We'll just put our own nominee in there for shits and giggles. Fuck it, why not? I'm... 
Jackass Forever. No. Yes. Where is its cinematography award? All right? <laughs> Nothing looks like that film. How dare you, you fucking cretin. Fucking so snobs. Do you think you can get visual effects with a dick puppetry? <laughs> <laughs> it's a brilliant piece of stop motion at the start. So why not? Why not? Okay. Fablemans. Yes. Spielberg. Telling the story of Spielberg. Yes. Spielberg does his own, does a fictionalised version of his own life story. It's a movie about the person who wants to make movies. Yes. There's lots of, well, there's a very poignant cameo at the end from somebody who was very big in movies at the time that Spielberg was growing up. So like, hmm, uh, no, no shit that the people in the Academy like this one. This seems like this is all the special soup yeah. that you need to get this thing. But... Still a Spielberg directed, I mean... Where the fuck was Paul Dano for for lead actor or possibly even supporting actor? Like Judd Hirsch instead. He's in one scene. He turns right. up as like Mad Uncle Horace. Yeah, I think he's called Horace <laughs> something like that. He's like just like this crazy kind of like Judaic person yeah, yeah. that comes up and says you're gonna work hard for what you love because it's gonna kill you, but you're gonna do it because you love it. And then he fucks off. Right. This movie's two and a half hours long, and ah. Judd Hirsch got nominated for maybe three minutes of a performance. You can't nominate Paul Dano this year, lad. I'm aware of you can't do it. You can't do it to him. Ah. 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 So that's why he's. There. Yeah, he balances out. It's like when Eddie Murphy was in Dreamgirls, but then was also in the fucking one where he's in his own head. Oh, Meet Dave. Yeah, whatever it was called. That actually ruined his chance of winning yes, an it Oscar. Did. That's funny. And and everyone thought he was going to get it for Dolomite as well. I think mm. we've yet to see. I think we will see an Eddie Murphy Oscar in the future. Yes, when we get Shrek Five. <laughs> where is the Shrek Five trailer? Give it to me now. Give it to me now. <laughs> yeah, only if it includes. Cool new animated animated puss in boots. They were gonna reboot it, but why bother? Oh god, could you imagine a Shrek reboot? I I dread it, but it will happen because oh. we are we're coming to the tail end of nineties kids being in charge of everything. Yep, and some of them early two thousand fuckers they're, they're picking up. My god, do they love Shrek more than anything else in this fucking world? Yep, and if they can't have new Shrek. Like, so if they can't have sequel Shrek, mm. they will just create a new Shrek for us to have. What will that look like? What, what was it? Is it going to be a grittier Shrek? Like, what, <laughs> what the fuck will that look like? <laughs> just like some dramatic, like like like. I've been in this swamp for fifty years. <laughs> what will that be? Live action. Oh, no. That's, what's like, what? That's just Shrek that. the musical. Uh, no. Exactly. Look at where that went. <laughs> give me that. Oh, no. Give me that or give me death. That's what I want. <laughs> Live action British. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No. It's all ogre. <laughs> it's all ogre. <laughs> right. Next pitch intense. <laughs> Sorted. Green Shrek reboot. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> the gritty Shrek reboot for your nay deserve <laughs> demand. <laughs> right, the Fablemans. <laughs> no, gritty Shrek retalk from now on. Sorry, the Fablemans. Yeah, so that one shot I was telling you about earlier that like is probably the entire reason it's getting all the technical yes. awards is they've they've got like in the action of the movie there's Sammy Fableman, which is the the portmanteau for um, Steven Spielberg for Steven Spielberg, yes. and he has seen he's been taken to see the greatest show on earth which features a train crash in it right he then has a train set bought for him for that Hanukkah 
and then becomes obsessed with recreating the train crash mm-hmm. and gets up in the night and does it over and over and over again because he just he needs to see it happen again. Right. This is when the film camera comes out mm-hmm. and he films the train crash. Right. What happens then is as he's watching that footage back, he holds the projection in his hands like that. Right. And that is almost entirely the reason why that is so high up. Right. It is so symbolic of what Spielberg means to the Academy. Yes. And that shot where he literally holds the the impetus for his career yeah. within his own childish hands is is the that's the metaphor that runs through this movie. And don't get me wrong, it's not a bad movie. There is a very confusing performance by Michelle Williams who was I think no, she is nominated for Best Actress, isn't she? Best she supporting. Is, yes. I do not know why that wailing weirdo is here. I do not get it. I won't be made to get it. I thought she was by far the worst thing about the Fablemans. And any, if anything, if there wasn't two other movies that are absolutely going for that top spot, uh-huh. and were it the Fablemans that were the shoe in to win... I think the Michelle Williams performance would be the only thing. Would be the only thing. Would be the thing that held it back from winning Best Picture. Right. It is that bad. It is that confusing of a performance. It is so unlikable for a movie that you know you're very much on side with Sammy Fableman and with his dad. Like it's a really reserved performance by Paul Dano, and just they just keep shoving this woman down your throat the mm-hmm. whole film, and she's goddamn fucking awful uh-huh. it's what really like because the movie's pretty good like i think had i watched it on the right day and had michelle williams been erased from existence i think it could have made a top 10 maybe. right okay. but it's just it, it's again it's it's overly stuffed it's overly long you expect there to be some kind like some level of it being self-indulgent because it's steven spielberg telling the life of steven spielberg in a little bit of a revisionist history way he got yes. to tell the version of the life he wanted to tell uh-huh and it just holds itself back a little bit. Right. And it's just such a shame. I think it w- it might get away with one one bef- one Oscar this year. But not it's not getting the Hulk and Caboodle. No, it came close, but Right. And it, it, again, it's the perfect recipe. Mm-hmm. There are two movies that are having far better campaigns this year. Right. So we'll get into those in a second. I just went to check. I was like, surely Spielberg's going to retire. This, that would be the last one, it right? It closes the circle. Indiana like, Jones and the Dial of Destiny. He's to... not directing. No, it's James Mangold. James Mangold directing that. So Fableman's is, on, is the last one of his directing credits that's listed on Wikipedia at the very least. He doesn't mm. have anything past this. So maybe this is him wrapping up. But then I was like, well, does he have anything else? Because like, he, he directs and produce, uh, produces and stuff. Mm. Uh, um, so he's a producer on a movie coming this year called Maestro. Which I okay. believe is the directorial debut of one um, Bradley Cooper. Interesting. So that's interesting. Uh, he's also producing a remake of one of his own movies, The Colour Purple. I just want okay. to show you the name of the director of that. That would be Blitz the Ambassador. Oh, what the fuck? I don't know. Um, so that. Um, I mean, and... maybe he's good. You don't know. <laughs> no clue, but hell of a name. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a hell of a lot for Errol Rochers in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? He is a executive producer on India Jones' Dial of Destiny. Mm. But let's not forget, he's also um, producing Transformers Rise of the Beasts. He has a hand in that. All Transformers movies, Spielberg has a hand in. 
Really? Yeah, he was, he's been the executive producer of all the Transformers movies. That's bizarre to me. I, I am aware that Steven Spielberg has a hand in Optimus Primal somehow, but that is the world that we choose to Jesus live in. Jesus Christ. Um, so maybe this is a wrap. Like, I don't know what else he has to do. Well, John Williams said he was, he's basically done... Is he fuck? Well, no, he is said he he's fuck? done yeah. unless it's Spielberg. Oh, okay, fair. So, like, I reckon they've he's 90 years old. I think that if that'd be a fantastic kind of like finale yes. for Spielberg's career to go. Well, that's the last movie I got John Williams to make the score for, so I am done, baby. What else is he's he did his weird genre hopping thing for a bit. Mm, I made feel, some weird stuff. He did make some choices, but I feel like this is you, you're good now. Yeah, you've made enough. You've made your own biopic, right? That's yeah. a fucking flex that no one else can really do. <laughs> so. It's probably time. Yeah, just just run Amblin. It's fine. It's perfectly acceptable. You've got enough money. Um, any hoozle. This now brings us on does. to silver medal. Silver medal. I'm going to have a guess. Yep. So it's between um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. What's the other ones in the... All con- Quiet on the Western Ah, Front. right. Hmm. I know in your heart, you want it to be everything, everywhere, all at once. That is correct. Narrative is there, momentum's there. It is. But I think you think it's going to fall at the final hurdle. So I think you've got everything, everywhere, all at once in silver medal position. I have not. Oh, okay, here we go. It's going to do it, baby. Yeah. Let's, let's talk all things all quiet first. Okay. Um, It's really good. Don't get me wrong. I don't feel... Oh, go on. Is you it all in um Italian? German. German, sorry, right. It is all in German, which would make it the only film to be nominated for Best Picture to do so. I'm fucked if I've he... got to try and sell a f- long-ass war movie not in English. <laughs> even <laughs> even the 30s version had quite a bit of English in it. Right, okay. And this is fully in German. Now, there is a good dub mm-hmm. on Netflix. There is a fantastic English dub. Right. And it does do it does characterise them really well. I did not watch it that way. I did watch it in German with the subtitles. Okay. And it's... I think the problem with it, and I think the only thing that's going to be holding it back is mm. that it's it goes, it leans into the action a lot more than you'd expect. Right. And I know entirely that that is because of a film called 1917. Oh. It does not top 1917. Very little can. Therefore, there's your problem. Right, okay. If, if 1917 couldn't do it... What makes this... What makes this better, right. exactly. They were both pretty anti-war. This one more overtly, because yeah. that is that is pretty much the the basis of the novel. Is, right. You know, it was it was a it was a novel set in World War One, set sh- like written shortly after World War One about how fucking bad World War One was. Right, and that made it unique for its time. War movies now are not necessarily, you know, the gung ho. Here are heroes going on their fantastic adventure in the continent anymore. Mm-hmm. We haven't had a war movie like that for ages. Even no. Fury, which was like cool Brad Pitt things in tanks, yes, was still pretty bleak about the whole thing. Uh-huh. So it's it's not special in that regard. No, I think what it does do is it 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 makes things very shocking very quickly, right? And that is absolutely to the betterment of the movie that it is. It is very swiftly just the rug is pulled from under you and continues to be pulled from under you right. the entire way down. It just means it's a little bit joyless. Ah. And it, it's one of those movies that you kind of appreciate and you kind of you like, but you don't love and enjoy. The Last of Us video games. The Last of Us video games. In fact, that's a really good uh, comparison. 
is that like it's not fun to play the last of us part two you are constantly depressed you don't want to be in this world but Mm. but the quality is so so hard and you're like i just i just i just respect it so hard spoiler a little bit not a problem the tv show's having no fuck me have you not watched it yet no i will michael It's really fucking good. We're gonna, um, I'm, we're coming to season's end, aren't we? So I'm going to yes. try and get to it so we can review it. Nothing, and I mean nothing, is below a four out of five. Amazing. Of the eight episodes so far, amazing, un fucking believable. Carry on. <laughs> I'm so glad I got that in the draft. I'm you so fuck glad. you. <laughs> I got fucking Ant Man. <laughs> uh, I'm so screwed this year. You're so. I'm going to have to watch some fucking fruit padlocks aren't I? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to make it I'm going to oh we didn't actually tell everybody that we've increased the stakes on that did we we not we've never did mentioned we it let's mention it here what a place to put it smack bang in the middle of the Oscar episode. why not uh, yeah so if I lose the draft uh, I have to watch Carmen Rider <laughs> if you lose the draft I have to watch Godzilla 2000 that you do I don't like Godzilla 2000 I fucking it's do. a lot of fish I uh, love them so much and then if we draw, we have to play Goodbye Volcano High. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. If we're if if we're in the percentages, if it's like if we're both at like sixty seven, it comes down to point five or point yeah, nine. Yeah, yeah. There's no winners, no. and we both have to play Goodbye <laughs> Volcano oh, High. Fucking <laughs> that looks so fucking terrible. It's gonna be the worst game ever. Oh my god, Maggle. Really, what we should be doing is we we have to make that the the punishment for the other person then they have to review it but i'm i'm a kind and merciful god thank you i won't do that to you thank you <laughs> i'll redraw my other plan which was to make you watch all the nxt takeovers <laughs> yeah that would have taken fucking ages it would though. have it really really would have something else that takes ages is this movie's oh, runtime there we go it's long it feels long because mm. it it is it is just such a long time to be caught in bleak emotion mm. in 1917 what was good about that movie is don't get me wrong it ain't a fun time but it kept the pace going oh, you yeah. were moving through it was doing something interesting cinema, cinema, in terms of its cinematography and that's not to detract from the technical achievements of all quiet it looks great it sounds great mm. it's very authentic feeling it's very grimy yes visually i love how it's been put together yes I just, I just don't think it has the legs by by quite a long way, unfortunately. So somehow, yep, we have arrived at the conclusion we have that the most likely thing to win, yes, is the most fun choice that they have by far. And that is everything, everywhere, all at once. It is, and I am Dope. so happy. the The narrative of this this award season has mm. been everybody loves this film, yes. but it probably won't win Best Picture. Yeah, too. Well, yeah, well, definitely Kiki Kwan's going to win it, and they'll definitely get some technical noms. Yes. So they'll maybe get two or three, but it won't win Best Picture. And then and then it shifted. Ah. Like, after Kiki Kwan picked up his first, um, I think it was the Golden Globe. I think it was either that or the Critics' Choice. Yes. People went, oh, this is great. And then Jamie Lee Curtis picks up speed, going, isn't it great that we're still talking about a movie that came out, like, a year a, ago, a year ago yeah, at this yeah. point? With half the budget that took on the big box office that uh-huh. came out, the it was like, oh yeah, no, yeah, we really like this film. And then it's like Michelle Yeoh starts climbing up to be your best uh-huh. actress winner. It's like, oh yeah, no, we really like this film, and now it's a total nail on. Like of all of the things, it's yes. Kihi Kwan is one hundred percent that is not going any other way. Uh-huh. There is still a chance that All Quiet comes over and nips this at the last minute, right? Because that is also accumulating steam. Mm. Shown by the BAFTAs, 14 nominations, Christ. nine wins. Right. Unheard of. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely dominant. But the BAFTAs 
they're, they're very good at indicating who's going to win in the acting categories and occasionally in the script and technicals. Yeah, yeah. The best BAFTA winner has never necessarily aligned with the best Oscar Best Picture winner. Right. The best picture at the BAFTAs this year was all quiet on the Western Front. Right. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the okay. Oscar winner. So that is why, headwise, mm. I'm going everything everywhere. I've already spoke at length mm-hmm. at why, heartwise, I'm going everything everywhere. Right. So is it a case of if they pick all quiet, is it a contrarian choice? Or is it like, oh no, these two, I can see it going either way and I won't be disgruntled either way. It's not like if Avatar somehow fucking wins it, you're going to be annoyed. Like You'll be yeah. like, oh yeah, that makes sense that All Quiet won. I'm disappointed, but like, fine. Or is it more like, no, you've done that because everyone wanted you to pick it and then that that for um, uh, if and everyone became the populist choice and you want to be, oh no, we've, with the Academy, we've got to have some level of fucking yeah. reverence for ourselves. That's why we've gone with All Quiet. Well, the reverence part of it could be All Quiet and it could be that that's right. actually more of a kind of a pan-European pick. Right. So if anybody's, you know, we're in the industry, either working in the UK or Europe, it's a good chance that they hold All Quiet in huge regard. Right, okay. But the Academy is predominantly American, predominantly white, and they're going to go for an American movie. Now, mm. you'd think that would be The Fablemans, which is why that's at number three. Yes. But then the little movie that could, that became the runaway story right. of the award season. And we saw it last year with Coda. Not necessarily mm. the biggest picture, not necessarily the most you know important one on that calendar, mm-hmm. but absolutely resonated with audiences. Right. And that is exactly what Everything Everywhere did. It wasn't just written off as the crazy zany sci-fi movie. Right. It was the movie about Asian Asian representation. It was the movie about generational trauma. Right. It was Kihi Kwan's comeback story. Yeah, yeah. It was a martial arts movie and the movie where somebody fights with a fucking trophy up their ass. Like, oh, it is all things fuck, yes. to all people. <laughs> Please let that win. That would make me very happy. Would that would that make you feel? But would that re- redeem the Oscars because they have? I mean, Shape of Water won in twenty seventeen. <laughs> Do I remind you? Parasite won in 2020, mm. Nomadland 2021, we don't talk about uh, it, and then Coda this year. Yeah. That for, So for my four-year pattern, it's been fucking excellent, my favourite movie one, fucking dreadful, my least favourite movie one, for excellent top ten movie one. Yes. Law of Averages would be something I hate wins. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we're going that way. It doesn't seem that way. I think the trend is booked. You've only disliked... Like one of the top ten, well, Avatar, I guess, as well. But like, yeah, like, so it's not like there's there's something you're like I'm going to be mad if that thing fucking wins. It would be Avatar, but it's got the least chance of doing it. No, they can't. They'll, they have to disband the next day. Yeah, if that's what they fucking think is the best example of cinema yeah. in fucking 2023. The Oscars are done if that happens. Oh fuck! I mean, I'd feel like they'd be on shaky ground if they let Top Gun win because I know it was excellent, but I mean, it's a dumb bitch of a movie. It's a real fucking stupid. Movie. <laughs> Woo! That was less time than I expected, so yes. we've got that going for it. Um, are you watching it live? Uh, I would have to be up at like three in the morning, so probably not. Uh, yeah, I mean, wrestling fans, this is this, so, but yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Um, On a Sunday. Overlap. Oh, yeah, good point. Actually, to be fair, I could watch it because I'm off that week. Mm. I mean, I do have to also pack to go to Berlin that week, but mm. um, I could watch it. There you go. I've got to find an illegal stream somewhere, but I could watch it. Oh, yeah, you ain't got Sky, have you? I haven't got Sky. Is it on Sky? Is it? Oh, yeah, Sky Movies. No way. Do the whole kit and caboodle. They do the whole yeah, shebang. The whole thing. So God damn. you could, if you have Sky, watch it live yeah. 
um, with British commentary, I guess. No way. Um, That'd be interesting. Because if I'd done it last year, I could have seen the Will Smith slap live. That would have been a hell of a That thing. was the Oscars? That was the Oscars. That was last year. That's a year ago? That's a year ago. No. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. The slap heard around the world. What hell are they going to top it? I don't think they Everybody are. thinks they already have with Angela Bassett did the thing. What did Angela Bassett do? Okay, so I'm going to have to show you a video after this. Okay. At the BAFTAs, yeah. um, uh, what's her name? Ariana DeBose, who was in West Side Story. Yes. Did a kind of like, a, here's all the excellent women that have been nominated. Uh-huh. And did a, f- a freestyle rap about all of the acting nominees. That like everything, like they either got a name drop or a mention of something specifically they'd done. So uh-huh. like Anna was great in Blonde, uh, Jamie Lee's all of it. She just said, Angela Bassett did the thing. Oh. We don't know what thing that was. But she did it. And it's a hell of a shaky performance, which is all makes it funnier. And there's a fantastic techno remix of that sentence. Okay. It's a meme now. Oh, of course it fucking is. Yep. Um, well, I hope you're all well informed. Um, I So you're going to be doing your article, I presume. Yeah, that is, that is nearly finished. I need to write up the last couple of things because... I basically wrote it as I saw the thing that was my favourite in that category. I went, yep, right. well, nothing was affecting that. Wrote that up and then did the head pick. Right. The head pick has been like kind of all over the place. Uh-huh. I've been trying to get the right gauge before we, you know, commit yes. to the predictions because I, I want to get to a point because last year, uh, either a head pick or a heart pick won mm. bar one category where I completely called it wrong and I'm yeah. hoping for what I'm going to call a semi-clean sweep this year. Uh-huh. So I, I I get it right on either head or heart pick every time. Right, okay. And then next year, mm. we're going for the true full run, and I want to try and predict head pick everything. All of them. God, I thought you said, next year, you're doing this turn. I'm like, <laughs> ah, ah, please no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the time. <laughs> you have other hobbies. You can't just do what I do. No, I've only just got round to watching... Um, uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Oh, what do you think? I, yeah, I like bits. Mm. I, I there's some bits I, I I didn't much care for. Mm. I, I feel like it could have been slightly funnier, like in that kind of second half of stuff. Sure, where but, it just becomes a Nick Cage movie. Yeah, by way of a Nick Cage the, movie. The Pantom Two bit is very funny. Yes, um, um, Pedro Pascal is fucking excellent in it. He's but uh, just the best thing. He really is. I've no. Have you have you have you watched Mando? I haven't seen the second episode. Me neither. I've seen the first one though. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was fine. Yeah, it's... it was like we got to lay some foundations for what we're dealing with in this. Yeah. season so it was just like it was all right it's the weakest season opener don't get me wrong because yes. it's competing with the first time we saw baby yoda yes and the episode where you've got timothy oliphant in, oh, the, in the boba fett yes, armor, yes which i really like that it one was um but this one did also have babu frick in it so you know it did have babu frick in it so i loved i was not expecting that <laughs> and, and him just on his <laughs> on his cross legs in the thing that was so good and Barry Brick going, it's shit, mate. Yeah, it's fucked, mate. Can't <laughs> fucking do anything. Uh, I'd, I'd love to figure out an awards category where we could do the reverse of this. Yeah. But this thing, the Game Awards is both horribly, horribly commercialised and I don't play enough video games. To, <laughs> that's why we very rarely have to wheel 8 bit of sweet tape for a fucking episode. Yeah. I'm like, so films, obviously, I've yet to do the Oscars one. I'm like, football doesn't really have anything to do with this, plus you'd be yeah. bored 
fuckless. And there isn't a wrestling. I mean, technically, there's wrestling Hall of Fame. There but, is kind know. of wrestling ones, but they're all scattered. Mm. Like, but the best news, I've brought him up for the third time in this podcast. <laughs> um, this year, the um, Technical Wrestler Award, which is named the Brian Danielson Technical Wrestler of the Year Award, was awarded to Brian Danielson. <laughs> he won his own fucking award. <laughs> and it's not the first time that he's won. Interesting. His own award. <laughs> fucking goat. Um, see, I don't have anything that I can do this to you with. Yeah. But it's always a fun experience. It I is. usually come up with a few things. I'm like, okay, I do need to go and watch All Quiet on the Western Front. Mm. I do need to go and watch The Fablemans. Um, I don't ever need to watch Avatar 2 again. <laughs> no. <laughs> Once was enough. Thank you very much. So, um, when your article is ready, yes. where can people find it? They can go to fathertainment.com to read the full version. You can also go and find me on Twitter and Instagram and add that mic on where I'm planning on putting up very small reviews of every single nominated movie including the shorts which we haven't discussed this year mm. um but you can also go and find darren on twitter and instagram to find stuff that isn't that and you can go and find the site under uh, twitter instagram and facebook and username valiant that's f-o-u-l-e-n-t but for more podcasts you can find us on spotify soundcloud apple Podcasts, wherever you can pick up an rss feed under the username valiant or valiant podcast depending on the service you are using if you go over there right now, you will find a review of Ant-Man Quantum Mania. Uh, I don't think it will be out by the time this episode is, but coming up very soon, we do have a review of Hogwarts Legacy yep, as well. That's next week. Movies are arriving. They are. Uh, I'm going to watch Creed 3 tomorrow. Excellent. So that should be dope. Uh, we've got um, Shazam! Fury of the Gods, which is coming out, I think, I think that's this weekend. And yes. then 65 is the weekend after. And then it's John Wick. Oh, uh, yep. John Wick 4 is this month as well. So mm-hmm. they are coming thick and fast. Uh, video game wise, we're still a little bit away from some of them. I've just downloaded Metroid Prime fucking remastered. I cannot nice. wait to go home and play that. Um, but we're a little while away from Star Wars um, Jedi Survivor, but that will be with us sooner rather than later. All this and more. We've got some picture intense ideas in the... Um, in the oven as well, so hopefully... Yeah, gritty reboot of Shrek. That's, they jumped up the queue. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah, the last time we recorded, I was like, I really want to do a Pitch the Zelda adaptation, mm. but I have seven or eight ideas of that, and I think it would just need to be a two-hour workshop of, well, which one's <laughs> the best? Because they're all good, but which one's the best? Because I just need to get it in my brain, Mike, it's taken up far too much bandwidth in my head. I'm mm. like, what do you do, Ocarina? Or do you do this one? Or do you do that one? So I just need to get that out at some point. Fair enough. We could do that. We could do That'd that. Be good. When it's ready, we're all over on fairlandentertainment.com. It is. And thank you very much for indulging me once again. This is my fourth fully completed Oscars death race. Looking forward to making it a cool rounded five next year. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.